Do you know what your partner's up to when you're away and they're all alone? No, what? They're listening to the Screw Podcast, of course. What's that? Mm, sit back, relax, and listen. You're all gasmatics. You're all gasmatics. Sneaking in the back door with dirty magazines. So your mother wants to know what all the stains on the jeans. And you're all gasmatics. You're tuned in to the Screw with Felicia Rose and A Love. Hello, A Love. Hey, Love. I'm not rusty anymore. I feel like we have to change it up. I don't want everybody yeah. to be like, well, what, what, what why is he so rusty? The, other day, the butt fucking rock star. Butt fucking rock star. Oh, no, no. It was butt fucker extraordinaire. Ooh, that's, that's right. nice. Okay. Well, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. I'm here with the butt fucker extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> and this week is our deepest dive. Our deepest into queer pop culture stuff so our representation in the different things we watch listen to etc and uh we had some questions over the last few weeks about a bit (laughs) speaking of canadian about you know what are what are the kids these days watching and what did we watch as kids and not just kids but obviously like young adults and and even adults in general, obviously, um, depending on where you are in the country, specifically talking about the U.S., but depending on where you are, no matter where you are, you know, your your uh, closeness to the queer community could be dependent on the fact that you don't live close to anybody. So you look to pop culture icons or TV, movies, mm. et cetera, to find that representation and to kind of figure out yourself and how you fit within these like groups, if you will. So I did a little research and I know you did it. We're not very good at homework, but, <laughs> but we did do a bullshit. little, you, you actually, you did do a little homework. You watched a movie. You watched I bros. Did. Finally. How did you feel about I it? Did. After all that shit um, talk. Yeah, it was pretty awful. Um, oh, was it know, really that bad? Yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, I mean, I hate to say that I was right, but I was fucking right. Uh, <laughs> everything I kind of thought it was, it was, you know. And when and when you're looking at something like that, and you know, even just kind of like imagining my disinterest in seeing it because it it didn't seem like kind of relevant to today's issues. It's it's a middle aged queer man who has. Full, and I, I will say this: If what's his face is going for that that insecure, I mean, it's like it's this insecure, stereotypical New York white queer man who is like you know feigning confidence all over the place while getting involved with some hot looking dude who like hasn't truly accepted, you know, I don't want to say he hasn't accepted his sexuality, but he's like really in this place where he, you know, doesn't want to settle down. He's enjoying it. It's just filled with all these boring old fucking tropes, right? And interweaved throughout it is, sure, some class consciousness a little bit, some some kind of, like, woke conversations, right? But it's still this dude having it, right? And, you know, I, I, 
I kind of like shook my head afterwards and said, this is, this is sad. This money got, this movie got a lot of budget and, and it got put out there and it's the same old crap recycled. And, and to your point, when you kind of did the intro, when we're talking about young queer folks or queer folks that aren't in urban areas who don't have like a connection to the community at large, you know, you're, you're you're kind of like defaulting to whatever comes in front of you, right? Like I used to like have like a real annoyance about all this like love for like straight female pop stars, right? You know, your Britneys, your Barbaras, your shares, and like these are quote unquote queer icons that what aren't queer. <laughs> but like trying to fully understand that, like if you're you know, like formerly like Chris Crocker or one of these people who is sitting in their home in rural America and here's somebody who is like, you know, positively lifting up the community, you're going to have a connection to that person because, you know, what else do you have, right? But I would think by 2022 that we would stop putting up with the scraps that were being left mm. for representation. Even, That's a good even, way of putting it. You know, including like bros bros is the scraps of like a failed idea of what the queer community is like meaning like the white cis male like has some cash in their pocket you know this whole movie is about chasing money for an lgbt history museum and like throws down all these conversations about trans women of color like really working to like you know fight for the rights of the community but like it does a terrible job at it it does it's it's a hokey like conversation about queer history and it's again being led by you know the same people who have been leading the conversation in the community forever <laughs> do you think that that was an afterthought maybe like include having that included the the conversation because it's like you can't to most queer people living in new york you can't really talk about the queer community without talking about for example black trans women but if you're not a part of the queer community at large you probably don't really know that you probably are disconnected from that do you think it was like, like sloppily put together and that was just like a an afterthought or do you think that that was like his intent was like there and it just wasn't the right person to make the movie. Well, I think if he wanted to do all that, then make a movie, don't put yourself in it and don't have you starring in it. Mm. Otherwise it's, it's like you, you've, you've created this thing that has a notion that you're paying lip service to this, but it's the lip service you're paying is, is, is tone deaf because mm. you're still creating something that isn't about that community at all, right? It's kind of like in yeah. wrestling when the promoter is like, I'm going to put on a queer show or or anything for that matter. I'm going to have mm -hmm. representation on this show of all different types of people. And then they give themselves like the championship belt at the end. Like they win <laughs> like the main event, you know? It's just like, you almost had us. You had us in the first yeah. half. Not quite. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think if you really wanted to create a modern queer film, even a romantic comedy, then you're going to need to create something that doesn't show the same things that we've always seen. You know, you, you're, it, it, it's almost a weird slap in the face saying, yeah, I know 
what the narratives are right now. And I'm going to, I'm going to weave those in ever so gently, but I'm also going to ignore it and still do a film about me for me, for people that look like me and act like me. Mm. Yeah. So. That, that's weird. It's weird. And it's like, it, first of all, I did not get that there was any of that plot, like as far as for advertisements, all I got from it was that it was a queer rom-com. Yeah. And that's, you know what, if it was just going to be a queer rom-com fine, like, right. Well, almost like, it, okay, then it, it's one slice of the queer community and you're disconnected from other communities with, you know, there's, there's not a lot of, you know, more than just white cis gay well, man stuff going on and that's fine. But then like, let it be what it is. And why, why try well, to pander yeah. to other group? I don't know. That's fucking weird to me. And worse than that is it, it, you know, I think it does some damage, right? It, it oh. talks about non-monogamy, um, but it's the usual like kind of tropes of like, Oh, they're just not ready to settle down. There's still like, you know, and like it, so the rom-com part, it doesn't even do well. Right. You know, um, and and maybe it's just, I don't find Billy, whatever his name is that funny, you know, (laughs) um, in general, but like, you know, he, he, other than, you know, he tries to tone down his usual obnoxious voice and the way he like delivers things and like, tries to represent this sensitive dude who always still has resting bitch face throughout the whole fucking film. You know, I mean, I, I guess like the, the, the problem, you know, even if you were going to do this, he's not, it's not that funny. You have these kind of wild scenes where they're engaging in three ways or four ways. And it's, it's, you know, some of it is like, Oh, you chuckle. Cause you know, maybe you've been in that situation before. But, like, in the end, you just, you see, like, a tinge of shame. You see a tinge of, like, it, it's it's not, it's not progressive in any real kind of way, you know? Do you think uh, it's just, like, the TV show Difficult People but expanded on for his character? Like, is it a lot of that? Uh, Remember that? I, mean, we, I think we watched of, that. I've seen show. a couple episodes, yeah. Um, eh, you no, know, okay. I think, I think he tried to take an episode of sex in the city and write himself into it. <laughs> Interesting. So as a, and I didn't see bros, so I can't truly obviously say much about it, but if you are going, if you're looking for a show about like middle-aged, I don't know if Billy Eichner's technically middle-aged, but like middle-aged-ish white gay dude, that's trying to kind of navigate New York or a city in general and, and, do it with kind of cluelessly the tv show um uncoupled on netflix i think actually does a really good job and it is exactly what it is yeah and there is intersectionality and it's discussed and it's discussed in a way where it's like this dude is kind of figuring out as he goes some new stuff just in general like he's figuring out like uh, like the condomless world, for example, because everybody's on prep now prep, and, and right. he's, he's new to being single as, okay. a, as a middle-aged white dude, white gay dude in the city. And like, it, it's very, it, it reflects upon the things that we are being critical of the, like the lack of right. intersectionality and, and, 
the lack of understanding all sorts of different things and just kind of like navigating the world in a new way. And I feel like I didn't watch all of the episodes. I watched probably the first couple, but the first couple I thought set a good scene. So if you're interested in that sort of conversation and seeing like maybe the right way to do it again, I can't speak to the whole show cause I didn't see it, but it looks like it's going down a right path. So I would suggest for you to watch uncoupled it's, and it has Neil Patrick Harris, which is always fun honestly <laughs> well and like it's nice to see him play a fucking gay guy honestly because it's just like <laughs> this poor dude was just like uh, he played a play a straight playboy for so long that it's like let's but like let's see him in his element you know so mm-hmm. i i think that that's um i thought that that was definitely it sounds a lot like what you're describing but with more nuance and intricacy and and you know it paid attention to those things that like i said that we're being critical of so um i'd like to watch the rest of it and give like a better synopsis of it but yeah that's that's the one i would say would be the one to watch if you were looking for something in the similar realm but not as i don't know sounds kind of what you what you're talking about sounds corny and forced oh yeah it was definitely corny it was super corny and i get that that is like the rom-com energy sure. but like at the same time you know your movie didn't do well because people are sick of seeing that you know and don't i it was not groundbreaking in any kind of way there was nothing groundbreaking about this movie like there was nothing special about it there was nothing you know it it, it kind of was just something that was there and it was the same old bullshit and and I can't even, I can't, the only way I could say to make that movie better was not to have made it. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, burn. Burn. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, so that, that, that was my, so I, I felt gross. like compelled to, I felt compelled to do that for the deeper dive because I talked so much shit about it. I True. was like, at least let me watch it and like, you know, my analysis that I gave without seeing it is it stands. Everything that I thought it was, it was when I opened it up and looked at it. It was a steaming piece of shit. <laughs> you know how you really feel? That's that's perfect. <laughs> a steaming piece of shit. All right. So <laughs> let me jump into a little of the research I did, which was to figure out what's being suggested suggested out there for like 2022 tv shows beyond movies yeah like my thing is this most people not most people but a lot of people that are consuming tv and movies have like a netflix subscription for example again i don't want to you know not include people but i'm saying for the the watchers of this stuff typically netflix is one of the the higher ranking things that people are watching and Mm -hmm. that means that there's you know they have a a duty, if you will, to represent as many people as they possibly can, right? Because it's mm-hmm. just so consumed all over the world. And it looks like there is a top list of TV shows, uh, queer TV shows and, and movies on Netflix right now. So let me go through a couple of them because I, you know, we should actually, not that I'm suggesting that because I've watched them, but I'm, I'm suggesting that there's stuff to look at and to go check out if you want. So the mm. first one on this list is Heartstopper, which is from this year. And it's uh, called Most Adorably British High School Love Story. And it's TV 14, so teenagers can watch mm-hmm. it. 
Um, it's about these two dudes that they run in different circles. Uh, this one joins the football team in order to get closer to his crush. Does Nick feel the same way about him? Ooh, that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> uh, and will he admit it to the world? It's not super original, it says, but it's a great example of young adult LGBTQ love story done right, which is fun. That's I like that. Uh, mm. You know, people often, like we said before, people often shy away from the queer characters that are in their teens or even younger for right. whatever fucking reason. Because they don't want to be so accused of grooming. Yeah, God forbid, <laughs> right? Like, it just, you know. So I thought that was fun. Um then we have Young Royals, which is a Swedish TV or teen drama. Uh, so Did you watch that? that? Yeah, it's pretty porny. <laughs> um, so, but no, and 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 I mean this in in yeah, a nice TV, way, it's right? It's ranked TV MA, so that makes so, sense. Because like Elite, the the Spanish um, show on Netflix too, Elite has a lot of queer characters, and but it's very steamy, right? These are very soap opera esque, and and hey. It should be. We've right? come a long way if if we can get, you know, some shows that represent, you know, uh, I, I want to say almost un, unashamed sexuality amongst youth. Um, you know, um, they're kind of situational things with lots of characters, but, like, there's a lot of queerness going on in these two shows and, like, a lot of, like... Uh, skin <laughs> so you know which is which is important young people need to see young queer people need to see themselves being this way you know hopefully being sexual with some, right being sexual right? you can only i mean it's only fair i mean we i i still think it's fucking weird across the board for like when i'm watching teens ha- quote unquote have sex i know that they're usually not right. teens that they're older adults right. portraying teens so that makes it a little less ridiculous, but I do, when they show a lot, I do get awkward just because it's just like, eh. but well, at the same time, I mean, I'm, I'm not the audience for it, right? So like if I were 16, 17 and I'm exploring my sexuality or, or I figured it out and I'm looking for representation out there, like all, all the other shows have teens fucking, why can't queer teens fuck, you know? So well, I, I like and, that. And the, and the thing that used to be like, was being overly dumb when it would show these things was like, you know, either the tragic coming out story or, you know, the HIV story or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, we were seeing these kind of like trauma packed coming of age stories around Mm -hmm. queer experience. Right. So even though these things aren't necessarily true to life, they're at least kind of a representation that does like, you know, hit a little bit more with the heteronormative counterparts. Sure, exactly. That's the thing is, if we're all in agreement that it's okay to make this shit to begin with, then why are we only allowed to see the heterosexual teens fuck? You know? Right. It's right. like, well, right. where the fuck is the queer counterpart to that? That's not fair. Exactly. And it, you know, and a lot of this shit is rated TV MA, but we know that teens are watching this stuff and they look to it mm-hmm. for, you know, Absolutely. something a little less ridiculous than like, porn hub for their fucking you know (laughs) their uh intimacy representation really well so um then another one is i don't know if you've watched this i'm actually i i keep seeing it everywhere i want to watch it it's uh first kill a blood-soaked soap opera with a twist Mm. this is also tvma 
Um, the world used to be simple. There were vampires, there were vampire hunters, and the two were immortal enemies. However, the script gets flipped when teen vampire Juliet falls for vampire huntress Kelly. Ooh. Fans of the gothic, I probably said that wrong. Fans of the gothic romance genre will surely sink their teeth into this exclusive series. Unfortunately, next Netflix is already in, oh, it's not coming back for a second season. That's annoying. So, so this is interesting because, like, you know, I definitely noticed a, a huge trend with these kind of queer, like, horror and other genres, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it's fun. And I think that, you know, from the days of Buffy, right, we've yeah. always had this kind of connection to this kind of sci-fi fantasy and queerness. Like, look, go back to, you know, the folk tales of the fae and fairies and whatever. Their sexuality was always a little you know, queer, right? You know, yeah. we, we, there was a lot of androgyny, had... a lot of queerness, right. a lot of exactly pansexuality, you know? Right. So it makes sense, you know, that this, I mean, like, look at true blood, right? We didn't even talk about true blood when we were, when, when we first talked about this. True, true blood, blood is a literal, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, <laughs> sorry, I interrupted you and then we had nothing to say. Go on. I know. I was like, what? <laughs> what? What is it literally? Tell me, tell me. I want to know. Um, well, so, you know, there was this, I mean, True Blood played with all sorts of things, right? They're, they're kind of talking about this, you know, blood, you know, and, and what this was produced by Alan Ball, the infamous, like, queer writer, director of things like Six Feet Under and whatever, right? So, you know, it, it, it's got this conversation going on about this discrimination Mm -hmm. of these people that live off of blood right and ironically you know i think they even at one point the blood is tainted with something that sounds very hiv like yeah i'm sorry i was trying to say it was a it's a metaphor for fucking gay people essentially like it's like god they have the signs god hates things like it's it's a Uh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i forgot about that you know instead of using the queer community it's just vampires it's exactly right yeah so i mean like in that you know you're you're seeing you know it's one of the first major times I remember seeing this kind of like genre mixed up and you're, you know, this, this, you know, kind of like very gory, explicit kind of stuff around blood and sexuality and all this stuff. And, you know, it's fascinating. And, you know, again, these are, these are kind of things that fall under the fantasy genre. They're not really, you know, beholden, I guess, to the same kind of level of, of representation and conversation because they're like for pure entertainment right Mm -hmm. which is on some level is good because i think you know at some point we were you know getting all our panties in a bunch about you know seeing gay serial killers or this you know queer queer bad guys and because we had no larger context or no shows that kind of like represented a main character around this it was always like oh why does the bad guy have to be queer right right where that line is a little bit more blurry now and people are having more fun with the genre. Yeah, now you're allowed to have a gay bad guy because you also have gay good guys, right? Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So another one is Dead End, Paranormal Park, which I never heard of this before. Ah, Looks like a little cartoony, cartoony tune. It's TVY7. What's that? Seven years old and up? Uh... Hey, that's a good question. I don't even know. Hey, the, bring the, up the Google for me. <laughs> yes, I will Google. 
TVY7. <laughs> I also, I, just as, as a um, commentary on the last thing that we were looking at, I th- always think it's funny when they make it, a, a you know, it's, a, it's about teens and then it's TVMA. It's like, right. it's such For an sure, interesting, right. like, like, I get it. I understand. I know that the, the movie 13 had to be rated R because they were doing things that 13 year olds technically quote unquote aren't supposed to. Right. But at the mm. same time, it's like, this is literally for teenage. Like that's the main. No, you know. You're right. You're right. This is for ages seven and older. Oh, okay. So that's, so that's good to know that there's actually that in existence. And what's it, what's it basically about? So it's teens, Barney and Norma are eager to get summer jobs at a local theme parks haunted house. That's cute. However, they start to question their decision after learning that it's full of actual witches and demons. This is cute. Oh. The first kid show to feature a transgender main character. Dead End Paranormal Park is inspired by the graphic novel series Dead Endia by Hamish Steele, who also writes the show. That's fucking great. See, and here I was talking all this shit, like, kids don't have to back and watch. I mean, listen, it's also a Netflix, though. So unless you have internet and a subscription to Netflix... Again, right. it's this is it's one of those things like we didn't get, you know, we didn't have HBO in my house for the longest time because it was a very expensive, you know, premium package. So if I wanted to see the L word, which was like my little slice of like p- partial representation for me, you know, oh, there's some, a bi girl and then I had mm. to, you know, my parents had to fucking afford it. And that's that one's tough to, to swallow because I would love to see that that's on like ABC or a basic cable package, which is more likely to be had if you don't have the money for, you know, a large internet package and Netflix and all that shit. I mean, like more people, mm. I believe the, mm. the the number is that more people still have cable than they have anything else. So I digress, but you know what I'm saying? Um, unfortunately, it does leave people out, but I do like that it's in existence. That's very cool. Very, very cool. Um, then there is Grand Army, a sincere portrait mm. of Gen Zers, TVMA. And Grand Army is a teen drama that focuses on the lives of five high school students as they struggle with issues of sex, race, politics, and more. These problems are discussed by a talented cast of young actors. Uh, Amir Bagaria, who plays Sid, a Harvard, Harvard, Jesus, I can't speak, Harvard bound swimmer, (laughs) the son of an Indian immigrant struggling with his sexuality. While the show might be a little too gritty for some viewers, interesting way to put it, it's often sincere in how it portrays Gen Z life. Okay. Sounds actually interesting. I'd probably take a look. Yeah. What's how? What? Wait. What generation is Gen Z? Gen Z is like, uh, um, I don't know the exact dates, but it's basically people that are like, I want to say like nineteen to like twenty four or five right now. Okay. Okay. It's right below okay. millennials. I believe. Okay, got you. But millennial is is like a very large span. So, like, I'm a millennial, and so aren't like twenty six year olds. It's weird. Mm. Okay. Oh, this is interesting. Game Boys Level Up Edition. Finding love during a pandemic ain't or isn't easy. I said ain't easy. Um, <laughs> this is TV 14, so that's good. Based on popular Filipino web series, Game Boys is about two teens, Cairo and Gavriel, who engage in an online romance during COVID-19. Cairo is a video game live streamer who loses to an admirer, Gavriel. Yeah. When Cairo suggests a rematch, Gavriel asks for a date. While Cairo is hesitant, Ooh. the two form a bond. Teen relationships are tough, 
but they're even tougher when they're online and during a global crisis. This is cute. Whether or not the teens can make it, uh, make it work provides most of the drama in the series first season. That's cute. And it's TV that 14. So that, you know, that's nice. Well, okay. I mean, even even in this list, you're hearing, I mean, it's it's a pretty decent spread, right? You've sure. got, you know, Y7, 14, MA, like, you know, people are getting things through for different age groups, which is good. Absolutely. And then we have, I'm not going to go through all of these, but I'm going to do one last one, which is She-Ra. Uh, and the I princesses of power. And they say that this is one of the most inclusive animated shows around, which I believe we all agree. I, I will agree. I will agree with that. I binge watched it's TVY the fuck out of it. It's TVY7, which makes me yeah. really happy. Like I, I love to hear that, you know, you're not you're you have shows out there that have representation and it's not you know, so filled with smut that like younger audiences can watch it. Because that's important. Representation to younger audiences is also extremely well, you can you know? show same-sex romance and interest and not show without... penetration exactly right what and you don't even have to like have a conversation ar around that you just show yeah. it that's the thing is a lot of people just fail to remember that sexuality is not sex you know what i mean like yeah. sexuality and love interest has nothing to do with the actual active sex itself right like yeah. fuck off you know that. what what that show does really well and i'm glad you brought that one up so uh they have you know um you know it centers around kind of like these youth who are trying to save eternia i think is the name of 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 the land of which she really lives and you know one of the 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 guys you know he's raised by two fathers right mm -hmm. and the show just it's with non like it just there's no big deal nobody's like oh my god that's so cool that you have two dads right because sometimes you hear that response oh my god it doesn't it makes it it normalizes it it normalizes it with like no surprise and no confusion and, right. and you don't know exactly right away all of a sudden you know it's brought up this is his family da, 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 da. and at first i think they even play with it they make you think that he's embarrassed about his fathers because they're both men and it's not it's like because they're like super nerdy or something i love that and it's like oh like he it ain't no thing about them being guys that's not the issue at all but mm -hmm. like it plays with it that way and you know and to that effect i think it did a really nice job at at normalizing it for young people who may be watching it and saying oh okay cool yeah you know, this is this is what it is. And the characters are all very rich and caring. And there's a lot of conversation about caring and loving one another and friendship. It's definitely a very well done. Well done. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I definitely suggest that to everybody. Um, I'm going to go through a couple other that are listed um, that aren't necessarily on Netflix or anything. They're just on this other list I found. Um, right. One of them is high school. I haven't actually watched it yet, but if you have the if you have the app freebie and most of us with like a um a smart tv you can download freebie it's it's actually now owned by amazon but uh. it's a free <laughs> yeah i know it is a free uh tv show app so you can watch all this stuff mm -hmm. um in real time and also you can like pick through episodes and watch it mm -hmm. but this one's called high school and it's actually based on tegan and sarah the musicians. Oh, right. So right I haven't right, right. watched it yet, but it, it's like their coming of age, like their teenage drama story, which sounds really fun. So 
I I want to watch it and I will let y'all know how I liked it. Um, my policeman, uh, it hits it hit theaters already on October twenty first. My policeman. My policeman. Um, let's see. It's about. It follows Tom and Marion, Harry Styles and Emma Corrin, a couple who get wrapped up in a complicated love triangle with a slightly older man. Interesting. Anything with Harry Styles, I'm sure, is going to get like a huge reaction. So I'll be interested to see how that goes. Why Um, does he cause such a huge reaction? I don't know. It doesn't say more than that. (laughs) Okay. I just passed a few that we already talked about. Um, There's also one called Anything's Possible. And it says in his directorial debut, Billy Porter. Oh, Billy Porter. Um, oh, who had beef with Harry Styles, remember? Oh, that's right. <laughs> over the outfit. Thing. Well, it wasn't really beef. It was more about like the way that Whatever. he was being he spoken got to- about. Yeah, he totally got shot down. Too. No, I know, I know. Like, just, people yeah. love Harry Styles so much. They were like, "No, I love you, Billy." But- yeah, it's like if people come for K-pop, it's like, "Nah, you're you're done. You're canceled, and you're <laughs> you're off the internet for good." Um. So okay, so this is a, a Gen Z coming of age story that centers on Kelsa, a confident trans girl, as she navigates young love and growing up in her senior year of high school. Oh, is this an Amazon original thing? It's on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, I think I watched the preview. I haven't. I, 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 I like sweet. listed it, but I'm curious to see how they do with it. Yeah, me too. That's it. Yeah. Um, okay, and then we have Tig Nataro's Am I Okay? And I love Tig, so hopefully it's not terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um let's see. Uh blah blah. blah. I always try to cut through the crap. Um, this is about a 32-year-old Lucy who navigates coming out in their thir- in her 30s with the help of lifelong best friend Jane. Am I okay? Premiered at Sundance and soon after was picked up for by HBO Max. Um, I don't know if it actually premiered yet, but okay. Well, that sounds nice. cute. I don't I don't know much more than that, but that sounds cute. And what else? Did I miss anything? No, everything else we've already discussed. So it does look like there is actually quite a smattering of different movies genres tv shows you know mm-hmm. um car, you know even cartoon like the fact that there's two cartoons on the list and there were both tv y7 that's fucking great i love that great. so much it does feel like it's expanding more i just think that it would be cool to see maybe some more like on cable sitcoms that were very mm. nonchalant about queerness and it or maybe or maybe like that was the star of it, right? Like it, it's yeah. beyond a Will and Grace reboot, you know. And maybe there is stuff, and I haven't run into it yet. But it, it sounds like most of it is on these streaming services because mm-hmm. I don't know. Because I guess networks have more pressure to you know appease the audiences of you know the people that are watching, which just so happens to be the people that aren't going to watch these things. I don't know. I personally am not sure. Right. But like Glee was a fucking hit, and that was what on ABC. So like, you know, not that well, Glee was okay, specifically so- gay, but it did. <laughs> I mean, almost every episode had some kind of queer representation, and it did it sure. Yeah. And and Glee. Uh, uh, sure, sure. <laughs> no, I, I'm agreeing with <laughs> no, you. No, no, no. But. No, no, no. But but Glee is a good point. So Glee Glee definitely busted open some doors and mm-hmm. saying like we can have something that is primarily queer 
and have people tune into it. You know, right. I'm still curious why all these people that were on it ended up dead, but that's a whole other question. <laughs> so <laughs> the, curse, the curse of Glee, which is like a hyper imagined, like fake kind of world of high school drama, right? You know, which, you know, whatever. It was very interesting in the talent that it was being represented on there, you know. And I think if you're looking for something to, like, kind of tap out of the real world for a hot second, that is definitely something to tune into. Um, Listen, I watched so, your ass cry at least oh yeah. on two Bitch, episodes. I cry at tomato soup commercials okay <laughs> i am not <laughs> oh my god i love that i love that so fucking much the tomato i mean soup. i know listen i watched like a bud light commercial and i've never been the same since the fucking dog and the horse and the mail <laughs> so i wanted I, I wanted to like so you know we we touched a lot about like you know the movie the tv industry um, one of the things when I was just kind of poking around is we know that some of the other areas of representation, like comics and video games, you know, still have a long way to go. And there was a very interesting article I came, uh, well, I didn't come across, like my partner uh, came across <laughs> and shared with me, which I thought was very relevant about the game Overwatch. Is mm -hmm. that what it's called? Overwatch? I've heard of that before, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, this is a very popular game. And apparently, um, at one point, they took one of the main characters and they uh, filled in the backstory, making the character a queer male character. Mm -hmm. And they had already had an existing lesbian character. So there's about 32 avatars. And, you know, this caused a lot of commotion, saying that, you know, the, the video game makers were trying to like cowtail to political correctness. And I just want to point out that two out of uh, 32 characters is only 6% representation of, of, of the queer community. So it, it's not really there as far as full representation to begin with. Sure. But one of the in interesting things is, is people who had been using that character used it for a while, didn't really care, but then got met with a lot of uh, hate for using the queer male character and like slurs and the usual so you mean like in their the video game like are they all playing together like on their headsets and like yeah that? exactly oh. and there's 32 avatars and you can pick so a lot of people who were using this queer male character actually switched to the lesbian character because that one got less flat which has come up in the community many times about like like males especially uh, heterosexual males being more comfortable with the idea of lesbians more over than like a queer male character which right? always makes me laugh considering the fucking backlash that the newest batwoman in like whatever a couple years uh -huh. ago being a lesbian everybody shit their pantaloons can you that's not true in the original writing of the bit like shut the fuck up anyways but that is interesting because i felt i feel like you know it's it's definitely like a cherry picking pick and choose like you know oh well and you know with my with my bat woman she can't be a lesbian whereas like with well, my and I, I i hate to break it to you fucking morons um who are like into these things there's a lot of queer folks into all the same fucking nerdy shit you are and this isn't about political correctness it's about 
the, the demand for representation of seeing yourself in things that you are purchasing and consumers. Right. Like if you, if you want to pick a fucking character that is closest to who you are, what's the problem? There are gay people out there. There are lesbians out there. Get over it. Right. And, and these, these characters aren't like fucking on your, like, console again sexuality does not have anything to do with sex for fuck's fucking sake Mm, exactly so you know so that was just a little tidbit on that so i mean i do think that these areas um that like do tend to be dominated from what did you used to call them like mouth breathing white (laughs) like like, i mean they (laughs) basement dwellers yeah basement dwellers you know are 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 getting all butthurt and not in that fun way about seeing representation into their like what they consider their more sacred nerdy categories you Mm -hmm. know and the reality is is again like as consumers as queer consumers of these things you know there is an expectation you want us to keep consuming you bet your ass you better start fucking writing in characters that look like me or sound like me or behave like me you know and 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 to to what we had talked about earlier you know the pivot also would be around you know i made the comment about pop culture icons and you know for lack of out representation in the music industry many of us have like kind of gravitated to those allies in the pop industry whether it's you know the madonnas or the shares or whatever but there are new upcoming singers in several genres and the you know the two obviously that i'm thinking about the top of my head are lil nas x obviously and we've talked about him before and tokisha who is from the Dominican Republic, who, you know, got all over the airwaves for making out with Madonna and whatever. But these two characters, characters, <laughs> individuals, <laughs> I would say are the future of like how these things could work. These are unapologetic young queer folks that are talking about things that are real and in the community. Takesha talks about being a sex worker. She talks about having sugar daddies. She talks about coming from poor neighborhoods and needing, and Lil Nas X comes from a poor family as well. And they are unapologetic about being sexual and not being afraid to display that, that they're not here for the comfort of straight people. They're here to be fucking real and to talk about who they are and what struggles they're going through in their lives. And yes, there's talk about drug use. Yes, there's talk about, you know, mental health issues. There's talk about sex work. You know, but there's also like an unapologetic sexuality and a drive. I'm going to be myself and I'm going to do what I want to do. And I do think these are important advances. And I would love to see because we know they're out there more closeted hip hop artists. You know, Young M.A., obviously, we've talked about her. She she got some problematic <laughs> things about how she talks about women because she is working within a genre and and as as a woman who has never like fully come out as 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 queer but like is obviously talking about fucking women in her songs and in a very toxic masculinity kind of way right so i mean the representation and and look that's the thing like it if we want representation like actual representation it means representing the good the bad and the ugly of course, Whereas, you know, there's toxic people in every fucking to, community. We right. just hope that the people writing this shit that have the choice to decide what their character is going to look like, they decide on less problematic. Whereas if you were just queer, 
and problematic, that's okay too. Like you exist. It's not okay. Well, I mean, you know what I mean right, by right. that. Like we no, can't, but- I can't tell you to change who the fuck you are. There, but like you exist as far as representation goes, right? Because real representation isn't saying, "Oh, only only queer folks who only the good all queers." The boxes po- right? Only the good queers, right? Because we know we know what that like ends to. That ends to this very respectability politic, and that like we're only allowed to represent ourselves if we look one particular way, or sound one particular way, or holding the torch for one particular thing like monogamy and, and marriage and, and, and good language and not swearing and not being promiscuous, fuck you. Right. Like if all of these representations of straight culture exist, they exist in queer culture as well. Agreed. So bring them, bring them forth, you know, and it, it, it at least creates a dialogue, right? And and who are we to be the gatekeepers of, of what, is or isn't correct, right? You know, we can't still be at the point where we're saying, "Oh, you're you're the type that gives queer people a bad name." Fuck you! Like we, the the numbers of people that are out there that have an experience that doesn't look like Billy Eichner's, or you know, is I'm sorry, I butchered his name. I'm sorry, it's not fine. sorry. <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> Like that is the only way that you can, you know, show that we're here and we exist and that we're all not rich, you know, people choosing our words so fucking carefully when we speak. You know what this reminds me of is um, one of our listeners wrote in to tell me, what about Kids in the Hall, which I believe you watched. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Explain what Kids in the Hall was. And there was a queer character. Am I right? Yeah, so right, I, I did forget about her. Or, uh, Buddy Cole, <laughs> right? Buddy Cole is the character. Yeah, so I mean, this was kind of a sketch comedy, like reminiscent of like um, Mad TV mm-hmm. and In Loving Color. Is that In Loving Color? It's the Canadian. The it's Canadian too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Canadian, and and you know they were talking about things in in. In a, you know, in a way that, yeah, sure, a lot of stereotypes were employed, but I remember being, oh my God, how young was I? I was pretty freaking young and going on this like kind of youth queer retreat thing. It was like a sleepover where you watch like movies and and TV shows and people were trying to bring, yeah, a queer retreat. Wow. I mean, It wasn't like like a camp to go change your gayness? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it was something that I think, like, I, I probably didn't tell my parents exactly what it was. But it, it was really cool because, like, they basically rented a thing. We brought our sleeping bags, our pillows, and, like, it had, like, adult oversight. So, like, people weren't jumping in each other's sleeping bags or whatever. But we were all basically in a big, like, cabin, like, thing and with a TV and a VCR. And we watched. Um, That's so we fun. Watched, Kids in the Hall, and what else did we watch? I went watched, to Fat like, Camp. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> I went to Fat Camp. Exactly. No, uh, I didn't actually go to Fat. My parents always fucking threatened me though. If you keep eating, we're gonna send camp. you to Fat oh, Camp. God. That's terrible. I want to go to Fat well, Camp. You know, it was interesting because, like, you know, when you're young, like, and maybe this is something too that, like, y- you kind of get this kind of fear intimidation by quote-unquote stereotypical queer men right you haven't like you you know we kind of struggle with like well i don't want to be that because if i'm that people are going to pick on me or threaten me with violence or Mm -hmm. whatever but like 
you know, some people like are just the way they are, right? And like the representation, you know, if you're in a group of people that are like comfortable and like you're not threatened, it's okay to laugh within yourselves about some of these stereotypes, right? right? And I and I do think the bros movie was trying to do that a little bit, right? But the problem is, is like representation does look different now, right? And and one person's experience back in the day um, and, and the stereotypes of back in the day don't actually translate as much anymore. Right. Sure, there are flamboyant queens out there. I love you all. And like, we have like learned to like, in many ways, not be ashamed of, of, of that kind of expression. But when it's utilized as the only form of representation, and I'm thinking, you know, Jack on Will and Grace, right? right. You see a lot of conflict between Will's character, you know, who is, you know, a little bit more straight-laced and young professional, and Jack, who is like happy queer all the time kind of thing, you know, that, that Jack is the comic relief and he's kind of like not taken seriously a lot of times, right? He's not the serious character. Sure. The serious character is this character, right? So I think those are the weeds that we always get into when we see that kind of representation. And it's not to say queer folks aren't laughing at Jack and finding it funny. Sure. That don't love love their, their, their friends that come into the room and light it up with like, funny witty sayings and like you know share impersonations and the whole nine yards we love that too we just don't want it to always look like that you know you can't have that being it can't be the one one way right it can't just be that like we watch rupaul's drag race and see that there's a bunch of over the top personalities acting a certain way and like that's all gay men now act that way. You know, it's just an interesting takeaway that a lot of the straights have have done with that kind of stuff. And it's funny too, because like Will and Grace is the perfect example of like, you had multiple gay characters represented, but the 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 takeaway is that all the gay character or all all gay men act like, which one is it? The flamboyant one, Jack? Jack. Act like Jack. To the point, right. to, to, to the extent of most of my life, after people have met you through me, the mm. side conversation is, he's not a very faggy queer. He's not a very faggy <laughs> fag. He's not a very, he's not very gay. What the fuck do right. you mean by that? No, Aaron right. is not the one setting up our apartment and dusting in a skirt and sometimes you do do that but like also that's a new, like people might not know Absolutely. that about you because i will because dust why? in a skirt when i fucking please yeah i mean yeah. you do you do dust in skirts but like you didn't you didn't fit this mold and this stereotype sure. of you know uh, i'm an interior designer and i have I, I'm so fashionable that like I could never wear anything that's not like a brand name and like all these right. stere- this, these stereotypes that so many people after meeting you were like, is Aaron gay? And I was like, why? Because you expect him to run in the room with twinkle toes and fucking yeah. have limp wrists? Like just because that is a type of person out there, first of all, not just gay men for that matter. There are a right. lot of the fucking you know, 
anyways, I don't even want to get into that. But personality personality traits and mannerisms do not equate to sexuality. It's so weird. I I have had to have this conversation with so many people. Oh, he passes as straight. What the fuck Ah, are you talking about? Everybody passes as straight. Like, what do you mean? Like, and and, and that's that's a concern with the future of these 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 representations, right? Like. On some level, you're you're we're in these weird conversations about you know if if heterosexual people are more comfortable with passing queers as opposed to non-passing queers mm-hmm. and and just even the term what what's passing right. like I've met plenty of heterosexual men that aren't passing heterosexual men and plenty of heterosexual Agreed. women that aren't passing heterosexual Agreed. women. Who are right? you trying to fucking convince, right? And, right. And, and, so that and that's wrong of that, us to say. I mean, a joke on the side, absolutely. but it's wrong of us to say. And it's because there is no one way to fucking act that equates to your sexuality. I'm sick of that fucking conversation. It's stupid. So I think, I think, you know, when it comes to representation in queer media, like we keep falling on this kind of thing. It's like the representation of queers in media. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, You know, that, that when we're looking to see, are these characters, are these singers, are these, comic book people are these video game characters are these pop stars are are they are they representing the community and that answer has to be you know they're representing it through not indulging in straight people's stereotypes of us right now it's one thing to write a character who is living a life, you know, and happens to be queer or happens to be flamboyant or happens to be butchy or any of those things. Those are all slices of life from our community. Yeah, Absolutely. of course. They they exist. They're real, but they don't right. make up the whole. They're a slice. Exactly. The you whole know, pie is a whole wanna, lot of shit, you know? If they want to do better with representation, I definitely recommend everybody look towards more of the She-Ra kind of thing. The... The, there's a new um, a new show on Netflix called Exception, and it's this very beautifully animated thing, and it's very futurist sci-fi kind of thing. But one of the characters is very androgynous. Um, they haven't talked about like anything in, in, in terms of their love interest, but I, I bring this up because I think you know people are looking to see. Oh my God, is it dress feminine? Uh, does do they look, you know, a certain way to try to infer something? We need to get away from this. Like, we need to like sit more in the in the film of saying, you know, the our society is pretty fucking queer in general, mm-hmm. right? That that the way people are representing themselves is a little bit more, you know, wants to express your individual, your inner like narrative, right? And 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 that doesn't mean you're sticking with gender norms as far as clothing or mannerisms or anything. It means that we're putting things out there that aren't so identifying of what the person's sexuality or gender is. And, and we're just having these conversations about, look, this is the slice of life and the slice of, of what people are that are watching these things, are writing these things, are acting in these things. And it doesn't have to look a particular way. Absolutely. And that 
when they get involved with a, another character and it becomes obvious that it's a, a queer character or a queer relationship, that that is not imploring all these old tropes about what that like, what that's what what that looks like from these old stereotypes. Right. The other day, speaking of this was funny. This was a joke, but it was still it still made me laugh. My friend that I don't get to see that often. She was like, "Ah, oh, Felicia, you truly are bisexual because you're fr- you're femme from the neck up, and from the neck down, you just dress like that." And I'm like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> and it's like that old stereotype of like you know, especially especially bisexual women. Bisexual women, you know, have like the full face of makeup and their hair done, and then like they have the cuffed jeans and the the oversized t shirt. I'm just like. <laughs> Yeah, right. you're like so, a half. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, which is right. And I, again, I femme and mask, but I definitely, I, I'm more feminine presenting from the neck up, and you know, and only by society standards, not by what I think. I think I'm feminine always, but and then I'm masculine from the neck down, which is so. And I'm, I actually think I'm masculine always too. Like even when I have makeup on, I'm like, what do you mean I'm feminine? You know. So it's like this weird. But it's just so funny that she said that. And I was just like, yeah, like I am the definition of bisexual if you made it into a stereotypical definition, of course. Right, right. Well, and that's the thing, you know, as people see more human representation and more variance around how we all get to feel comfortable representing ourselves, like these things won't matter as much and we can get to a more consent-based conversation. Like, and I say that because... People are like trying to figure out, well, is this somebody I can be attracted to? Is this something, you know, someone that I can have a relationship with? You know, all these kind of, is this someone I identify with? And hopefully at some point, we're going to get to the point where we can all identify with each other, not universally, but based on our ability to represent ourselves as individuals and take on whatever that looks like, whatever attractions that have, whatever expression that has, gender or otherwise. Absolutely. Rock on. Period. This fun. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I learned yeah. a lot. I have some new shows and movies to watch. And also yeah. I did some reflecting of like, you know, listen, I am about to be 35 i have so much growth to do in general there's so much i don't know that's why we keep people like b around to keep us you know in check um there's so much i don't know there's so much i've yet to learn there's so much that was kept from me in general that i have to go back and do my due diligence and double check things and do some homework and whatnot and you know representation in tv shows is actually a very important part of that you know it's like absolutely what do i suggest to the younger audience that needs some suggesting like what what do we what you know how do we steer the youngins right so i i thought this was good I, it definitely shed some light on a lot of this and the, the and there's still more of a need of all these things but it's very refreshing to see things like queer cartoons you know for children my view like that's fucking beautiful more of that please more effeminate characters that are fucking straight you know shit like that like let's bend minds and change the way things you know like i want the jack in the next show that's written like that to be straight and it just be like remember those the the one kid in high school everybody's like he's gonna be gay and he's married to a fucking woman and he's not gay 
And it's just like, you know, there's these, there's these, ugh, I don't know, these stereotypes. As, 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 as we, you know? as we, te- as we tear down a lot of these social constructs, the reality is, is the future is queer. And yes. those of you who are uncomfortable with that, and I don't know why you would be, because it's probably it's not freedom. listening to this. <laughs> right. There's freedom in that sentence. The future is queer lets you be free of many of the social constraints that you're all experiencing. Whether you're a husband with with two children, you know, feeling like you have to be and behave and act and in in you know commit to a certain kind of being and personality and lifestyle or whether you're a working mom like none of these things have to affect us that way anymore we don't have to live up to those those social norms because they're all bullshit absolutely they're all a lie they're all a fabrication to control you so don't be controlled don't be controlled all right. Well, that was our episode. Thanks for tuning in to this screw with my trusty, dusty, rusty partner, Ayla. <laughs> dusting hey. in a skirt. Yeah, dusting <laughs> in a skirt and telling me how to put things on my walls, apparently. Um, uh. <laughs> be sure to like, subscribe, download, follow, do all of the things that we would normally beg you to do. Please do that. It really helps us. And as a struggling queer podcast, literally, we're struggling. You know, we have had very small growth not in our numbers for listening but on other platforms throughout the years and i think we deserve a little bit more so share 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 our stuff tell a friend phone a friend you know phone a friend <laughs> text, Make it text so. your pal we talk about the shacks and the gays yes nice. and yeah, aaron says yeah. a political thing or two here and there so these are things that are <laughs> that are important also make sure you go out and vote um yeah. what else can we give you for some propaganda no i'm kidding uh, right. tune in tune Quit. in next week for our round table yes and... next week we will finish out this conversation with a round table with somebody that knows a bit more than two queers that don't yeah. have time to watch tv there you go hey love you bye Peace, love. see ya bye. Uh-huh.